Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky. How Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods. With me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Marsha Milgram Dodge, auditioned choreographer. Once upon a time... Marsha Milgram Dodge auditioned to choreograph the original production of Into the Woods and actually choreographed the acclaimed arena stage production of Merrily We Roll Along. She was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Direction of a Musical, as well as the Drama Desk Awards for Outstanding Director and Outstanding Choreography and the Astaire Award for Directing and Choreographing the Revival of Ragtime. One of the most sought-after directors and choreographers working today, her regional theater resume is sprawling, and she is also an Edgar-nominated playwright for Sherlock Holmes and the West End Horror, which she co-wrote with her husband, Anthony Dodge, and she launched At Directing Musicals, a private studio for training early career directors and actors. Just give me a little history of what, you know, I assume you were kind of already a Sondheim fan before Into the Woods came into being. So yeah. what what was your, your Sondheim, uh, you know? My introduction yeah. was a touring company of a little night music in Ann Arbor when I was in school there. Mm. So I was in school from 73 to 77. So I'm not sure exactly what year it was, but I know it was George Lee Andrews was mm. playing Frederick and um, they played the Power Center at, in Ann Arbor, which was a new building, which is where I ended up, you know, getting my first chances to choreograph in mm. that beautiful new building. And um, I remember buying the album and playing it over and over again and marveling at everything in three quarter time <laughs> I was mm. like I had studied piano but I was you know I started dancing when I was three and so musicals and movies and all that stuff was my um lifeline so um and then when I came to New York well I was in I moved here in 77 and the whole Sondheim Stuff began in the late 80s when Ira Weitzman, who I had worked at Playwrights Horizons, I had done a kooky Peter Parnell play. Um, uh, what was the name of that? 
romance language, romance mm. language, Peter Parnell. And um, met Ira, and then Ira invited me to audition to choreograph Into the Woods. I was like, and we had never, I, I didn't even know that was a thing, you <laughs> yeah. know? So yeah. this was way before dance break and all that, you know, we mm. just, I used to just answer ads in backstage. And if it mm -hmm. said choreographer TBD, I would send my resume. That's how right. I, that's how I did it. So Ira invited me, he set up a meeting with me and James and we had a nice conversation and he said, I'd like you to stage the opening number two different ways, one with excitement and two with trepidation. Mm. So excited I, and scared, excited and scared. Right. <laughs> so I was working part time at a dress shop in on the Upper West Side. They had a great dress, big sort of open dressing room with big mirrors. Mm. And at the end of my shift, I locked the front door, went in there with my cassette player <laughs> and my cassette and my friend Dawn, who worked with me. And I started moving around to the music and trying to figure out how to stage. I, would, I knew I was going to have Little Red, Jack, the baker and his wife. And they mm. were giving me those four character i don't think i had jack's mother but i had the i think those four what was on that cassette was it sondheim singing or because this was before they even um no this was after they did uh oh, san diego san diego so was it a so recording from it was there? a recording from the show and i had a script mm, okay so um and i guess when I looked at the stage directions about where the houses were set up, I inverted Little Red and the the baker was, in, Jack was in the middle, but I inverted Little Red and the baker. I mm. put Little Red on the other side. Anyway, so I started playing and I came up with this idea, idea built off of patty cake for mm. the baker and his wife, which I thought mm. was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then I did a kind of Wizard of Oz step, uh, you know, inspired uh, traveling step for the sort of galloping feel of da 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 da. So anyway, I'm dancing around this dressing room, right? Yeah. And I worked for, I guess they gave me about a week or something. And then the day I was supposed to go to 890 Broadway, I walked into this huge studio to meet everybody. And it was Chip Zion. Wow. And Joanna Gleason and Kim Crosby, and then two young actors who were auditioning for Jack and Little Red, mm. and the accompanist Paul Ford. Paul Ford. So it was like very heady and very, you know, exciting. And we worked for a few hours, took a break, and then the creative team arrived, and it was James and Steve. And he said, on that day, he said, call me Steve. Mm. And uh, producer, set designer, Heidi Landisman. And yes. I think there might have been a couple other people there. Mm -hmm. And so I presented the work. And this was so weird, you know, because I never did this before. And then I packed up my bag and said thank you to everybody and shook hands. And I went into that big, wonderful old elevator with the clanging doors and as I got in, the door started to close and hands kind of shot in and opened it. And it was the entire cast. Wow. It was, it was everybody. And they were 
uh, very, very complimentary. And I like flew out, floated home on a, you know, <laughs> like from 890 Broadway to West 73rd Street. I don't, I don't even know how I got home. I just flew. Uh-huh. So it was very exhilarating. And, um, uh, and then the next day I recalled and said, I didn't get the job. <laughs> so I went about my business I went up to the Berkshire Theater Festival that summer to work on a new musical Portrait of Jenny and Ed Lindeck was in the cast oh look at that I was like Sondheim connected and then so wait so this was um this was like late summer of 87 early summer of 86 I think it was no because 87 87 so so 87 so Ed Lindeck was not yet cast in Into the Woods Correct. Because he didn't, I don't think he did the workshop they did that summer. I think he No, but I have yeah. a workshop. So then, okay. So then I go to yes, the Berkshires. Yes. I'm in rehearsal. Uh, and the and I don't know if you know the Berkshire Theater Festival, but in those days, there, you know, no cell phones, obviously. So if you got a phone call, you had to like go to the office to take the <laughs> call or yeah. something. So I went to the office and they, it was James. And he said, Lar may not continue with the project. Oh. We've been doing this workshop and I want you to come down and see it. I was Whoa. like, okay. So I got, I finagled either. It was my day off or I finagled to get, you know, to go. I got on a bus. I came to New York. I went to the workshop. Uh, it was, it was a presentation. So tons of, I, I'm sure there were a lot of luminaries there. I was just kind of focused on, Where's Steve? Where's James? They were preoccupied. I watched the run through Betty. The Buckley whole show. Was, yeah. Betty Buckley was the witch. Wow. And I was sitting like, you know, this close to her. It was like <laughs> amazing. And I kind of wandered around afterwards to try to get their attention. They were very, you know, not looking at me. So I left. Yeah. And then I went back up to the Berkshires and got a phone call and it was Ira again. And he said, Lara's going to stay with the project. So wow. I called my mother. I said, I lost, I didn't get my Broadway show twice. So <laughs> you have to come to New York and take me shopping. <laughs> <laughs> um, but later that summer, I got a call to meet with the creative team at Goodspeed about Little Rascals, um, which Joe Raposo was writing the score for. And that was on Sondheim's recommendation. Oh, lovely. Well, obviously they respected you and liked you because they circled back to you. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, and- I had worked with Doug previously um, at Arena Stage, Doug Wager, who was the director. I worked with him on On the Town mm. in 1989. And then he said to me, I got the rights to do Sondheim's Merrily We Roll Along. I want you to choreograph it. And I was so, you know, and I'm sure they had to vet me through Steve and Steve, you know, remembered me. So he was lovely to me during that time. He was, it was a complicated, unfortunately, you know, Doug had a fall in New York, ripped out his knees, was on coding the whole time and not, fully there and the cast was the show was still kind of figuring itself out and um 
there were days were that were just complicated. But I remember when Steve first came down and we had a big meeting in their boardroom or something, and he looked at me and he said, "Opening doors is brilliant." Mm. Now we have to talk about all the other numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was so, but he was darling about it. And he was also very collaborative. He didn't want people to just say, yes, Steve, whatever you say, Steve. He no. didn't, he wanted to get into the weeds with it, you know? And yeah. and I was excited to do that with him and felt very uh, heard and wasn't dismissed as, well, she doesn't know anything. She's the new girl. She's the young choreographer, whatever. Yeah. I never felt that with him. And one day I sort of seized an opportunity to give him a big idea. <laughs> and um, Doug was unwell that day. And I'm not sure he was even in the building. We were in the theater putting the show on stage. And Victor was bogged down with all these costume changes. Victor Andrew Garber Wood. played yeah. Franklin Shepard. Mm -hmm. And he just was, it seemed like it was bogging him down. And I just turned to Steve and said, what if Vic, what if Frank never changed his clothes? What mm. if Frank just appears in the beginning of the play and stays? And we really understand that it's his journey back in an instant, right? In that moment of, of, you know, the acid in the face, the iodine in his yeah. girlfriend's face and all that stuff. And so Sondheim did this. This is like an amazing, can you see? He goes like this, puts his head down. Hands in his head. Hands in his head in his hands. And yeah. I just, I thought it was like an hour went by, but it was probably like 15 seconds. <laughs> and he lifted his head and he said, Marsha, that's either the most brilliant idea I've ever heard or it's like when Hal said to me, let's put him in t-shirts. No! <laughs> <laughs> so, but what, but I was, you know, I was undeterred. I had spoken to the, to the, to, to Shakespeare, you know, I, yeah. I had told him this idea. And later I got an opportunity to direct the show for NYU uh, with the student, senior students at NYU and the cast included, um, Oh gosh, who was in that cast? Noah Weisberg. No, was Noah? Yeah, Noah Weisberg was in there. Anyway, I did it, and I uh, and I applied my idea. Beowulf Bora was my set and costume wow. designer. Yeah, like crazy, right? And Alex Corey saw it, and Alex ran up to me and like grabbed me, and she goes, "You fixed it." <laughs> so I was like, "Well, thanks," you know. And then I tried to reach out to Steve to come see it, and he wasn't really interested and you know i think his i think this the show you know hurt for him yeah. cuz it was a lot of you know there's a lot of history in his tale yeah. and but i saw the uh final pre, the final performance on broadway the original production the wow. original production yeah um wait i have so many questions um okay okay just I know, for... i'm a blabbermouth so no i so love it i love stop. it back to that into the woods yeah. workshop i'm so curious if you remember anything else i mean that's thrilling the idea of being you know just inches away from betty buckley playing the witch what I'll do you remember about her performance about the, the whole thing everything her the ferocity of her performance especially the scene with um rapunzel um was on like 
unbelievable. So it was just, it, it broke the walls of the room. Um, when I heard that she wasn't doing it on Broadway, I was like, why? Um, but, you know, Bernadette's a treasure too. And yeah, so, of course. Um, honestly, I, that's about the only thing I remember about that run through. I like Lar. I worked with him as his associate on um, High Society. Oh, wow. And, I didn't yeah, know that's that. a whole nother podcast. Um, yeah, right. But, uh, I mean, I'm, yeah. Well, it's hard, you know. It's hard when you work on your own version in a dressing yeah. room at a shop. <laughs> two, two of your own versions. <laughs> two of my own versions, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> But I do remember, I remember the, tre I mean, I remember the trepidation. I, I can't do the choreo, but I, in my mind's eye, I remember working with Chip and Joanna and that, and that moment of them saying, we've done this five times with five different people and we really, really like you. Like, it was oh, like I felt yeah. like Sally Fields, you know? So yeah, I thought it was, I thought I had it in the bag, you know, well, you can I mean, never it, take anything for granted. <laughs> but also, I mean, Lara was such a different direction to go, you know? Um, well, he opened the door for bringing in the kind the concert dance choreographers yeah. into the Broadway vocab, you know? And some of them, I think, are very successful. He had a really rough time during High Society. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a marriage made in heaven on many levels. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately Wayne Salento came in, and he mm -hmm. Wayne and I went in the, you know, went into a studio and re-choreographed the whole show in like ten days or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's a it's Broadway's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> you know. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast, and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you can kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from breakfast to dessert stay fueled with easy nutritious options treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum they are ready in two minutes no shopping no prepping no cooking no cleanup enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories Calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code giants in the sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code giants in the sky 50 at factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. But I mean, to be to be um, uh, passed over in favor of someone from such a different direction, it it must have felt less, you know, like a rejection of your work and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't take it too personally. I've been through situations since then where I'm invited to have a meeting because they're considering the the a different direction and then I take the meeting and then I find out they're staying with the director that they were originally you know so I wonder if sometimes we're brought in to kind of galvanize their negotiations or to let them know that Mm. maybe you're not the only you know choreographer in the woods let's see if there's somebody else you know just I don't know I don't know it's a kooky business right yeah and I'm still here so yeah, I, you know, you I are. focus on time all the time <laughs> uh, I'm definitely still here and he was kind to me and he talked about me to Beverly Sills and I got a mm. job at New York City Opera he talked about me to Franny Lee that was the c- conduit to the Little Rascals because Franny had designed the costumes for Sweeney Todd and was working as a producer on this Little Rascals and doing costumes. So there were all these little connections, you know? What did you do at um, City Opera, by the way? I did The Music Man with Bob Gunton as Harold Hill. Oh, wonderful. With um, with Into the Woods, I'm cur- I'm so curious what you would have done with it, because you you told me over email that you, you wound up never directing or choreographed production of it um it can you describe I know you said you don't remember your exact you know choreography but can you describe sort of the what your different sort of um vision for the the movement of Into the Woods is or was it was really I used to call myself a sort of choreographer behaviorist type Mm -hmm. choreographer so for me it was always about what are the what are the gestures and behaviors of the character that can be expanded and illuminated through movement mm-hmm. and so with because it was a fairy tale the patty cake thing came to me kind of right away and yeah. so during the trepidatious version of of the title song i had the baker and his wife kind of hold hands and um, one wanted to go this way, one wanted to go that way, and they would do a kind of slapping. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're going this, you know, it's like based on patty cake. It wasn't like they did patty cake, but it yeah. had a, it had us, it, it used their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a baker, so he was, that's what he, he did. And um, so I just sort of built it on that. With um, uh, the group trepidation, I gave them terrain. I gave them, obviously imaginary, but I gave them streams and tree tree trunks and things that they had to climb over and navigate so mm. that there was some obstacles consistently in their way. And so that's the kind of approach I took. With the 
with the happy version, the excited version, that's where I sort of leaned into um, finding a, a step that looked very uh, unison, but each character did it in their own way, in the kind mm. of the way that you see, you know, we're off to see the wizard. Yeah. So that it, yeah. it wasn't a skipping step. It was more of a, it was a traveling step, sort of more like a, more like a grapeviney kind of thing, mm. which again, symbolically grapevine and sort of vining and weaving and, mm. and, and patterns. I like to do a lot of figure eights and things like that. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was, I think, very theatrical. I would like to think I'd love the opportunity to work on the show sometime and see if I can apply some of those concepts. Um, but uh, I haven't done that many Sondheim shows between Merrily. I've done three times. And uh, I did. A you mentioned besides Arena, you mentioned doing it at NYU. Um, where was the third? The third was at um, SUNY Buffalo. Mm. I did it with the students up there. Um, Were they always the same version of Merrily that you had had at the arena? Yes. We tried at arena putting back in the um, school anthem, you know, the, oh, the Hills, Hills of Tomorrow. Of tomorrow. Yeah. But it didn't work yeah and then we did something at arena i i'm not sure if it stayed in where we started with the book with the rooftop scene mm, interesting just during the overture and then it dissolved into um the los angeles yeah location yeah yeah um, so, yeah, I've heard people talk about the arena production as being like the halfway point between the original Broadway incarnation and then I guess what was done at the York um, in like 90. Yeah, and I, I don't know how what Eric Schaefer did with it at that con the Sondheim Festival at the Kennedy right. Center. Yeah, in like 2002. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me was opening doors I just was I just had mm. someone I had David Garrison and Victor Garber and Marin Maisie mm. and uh, Becky Ann Baker and it yeah. was just I made it like babes in arms you know I had yeah. them uh, everything was on wheeled furniture and um, Ruth I mean my ensemble was insane I had Ruth Williamson wow. and, and I had uh, Tom Hewitt and mm. Tom Sesma and Eric Devine, it was like, it was, you know, David Garrison left married with children to come do this. That's why he they, left married with children. It was worth it, it sounds like. I know. And so, and then we thought we were going to Broadway and, yeah. we, and we didn't. So, um, but so opening doors for me was like it. And then I kind of worked backwards and I tried to give each transition I tried to set up the scene that was coming with the transition that preceded it. Mm. So one of them I remember was like a singles bar. Like I yeah. had a, you know, <laughs> like I had them doing it. And that's where Steve was like, I think you're overthinking. <laughs> it was like, I think they're just have to come out and sing. And I, you yeah. know, and I, I gave them like a quirky, you know, like tango step in one of the, 
in the sort of big production number of the opening number and mm. you know but the thing that was unfortunate was just it wasn't the right environment scenically and it didn't need all those costume changes and i was re i remember when i worked with beowulf on it we created um panels that were just kind of like three three-sided panels and they would and the actors would just shift them during the transitions and take us to the next place and even though it was done you know at school with with students which really is a great way to tell the story right because yeah. that was their always their intention um it we just we found some salute you know some strong choices that seemed to make sense and having alex corey just scream in my ear you got it I was like, okay, I'm done with this show now. <laughs> okay, let's put it in the let's put it in the door. So, but I haven't seen the new production. Lindsay was a student of mine. Mm. I love her, um, and uh, I don't know. It would be hard. It would be tough. I think for me to. I think they might now. I haven't seen it on Broadway yet. I saw it at um, New York Theater Workshop. But if memory serves, I think they have your concept of the like single costume, or at least in the two acts. Um, yeah, that's what I read. I read yeah. that in uh, Jesse's seems I So I think the history has proven uh, of the two possibilities, Steve said that you were having the most brilliant idea, not the worst idea. Um, not the timing was off, right? <laughs> it just wasn't good timing. I needed to wait 20 years to to come up with that yeah so. yeah well you and merrily both um <laughs> were, there, were there other um sondheim shows that that you've worked on uh so far well i've done gypsy twice with vicky lewis mm. she oh, is I, my my favorite mama yeah. rose yeah. yeah well i guess um, that must have been once at sacramento music circus one at music circus and then we did it again at maltz jupiter theater in mm. florida yeah and uh you know, it's it's just great. I know, son. It's, I've never done West Side Story. I've never done. I've done Forum a few times. Oh yeah. And my most recent one was with the beautiful Peter Scolari, who oh wonderful sadly passed yeah. away two years ago. I think it yeah. is now. We did it at Bay Street Theater, so it was really intimate. Mm. And I remember he and it was really crazy. I had. Jackie Hoffman as Domino oh. and it's like Nick Varina and Laura Lee Gayer were the were hero and Philia. Yeah. And, um oh oh McMillan and wife. What's his name? He was my Senex. Uh can't think of his name. John Shuck was oh, my wonderful. Senex. Yeah, from Annie. And then, yeah, and I wrangled Stuart Lane. Oh yeah, I, he lives there. So I said, "Come and play Erroneous." <laughs> so oh, my Erroneous, my concept for Erroneous has evolved. I've done the show three times. I've done it with Gary Beach at Music Circus as as was, Pseudolus. As Pseudolus, yeah. I've done it with Jimmy Brennan, also at Music Circus. I'm sure, and also then brilliant. I did it, also brilliant. Then I did it with. Oh, I did it once before, where I just choreographed it for a theater in Massachusetts a long time ago. And then I did it. The my third favorite was with Peter at Bay Street and mm. Stuart. So my concept for for erroneous is that it's the Seven Hills 
uh, marathon. And by the third time, rather than exhausted and about to collapse, he's uh, sprinting. That's so hysterical. He's like... <laughs> so the first time I had him come out, um, I had him come out the first time in like a Greek key walker. So he was like, <laughs> you know, and then the second pass, he was kind of, you know, jogging and had trainers on. And then the third pass at Music Circus, he had Heelys and he zipped around the whole thing and landed. And it was so <sighs> funny. So I said to Stuart Lane, you have to learn how to do Heelys. <laughs> so um, we kind of modified it for him. So we we gave him a cane and then a walker. Oh and my god! Or something. So I played that. I thought part that was very. I very much appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought it was really silly and fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And doing, you know, I did it at Music Circuit Circus twice, and I remember Michael Schweikart was my set designer, and we're working, and we're like coming up with like you know doors in the corners of the circle, right? There's mm, bombs. Yeah, it's like a clock, so it's like. One five seven eleven are the entrances, yeah. right? And the pit is at twelve. And then Leland Ball comes by and he goes, "You know, you can't have doors. This is in the round." And we're like, "We're doing forum." And he's like, "Yeah, you can't have doors." So we figured out a way to do, and we couldn't have a curtain either, you know, because we're not doing a proscenium. Yeah. So we figured out a way to do it. And Michael was so smart. We made these little porches. We made mm. three porches and, and the porches also had like secret doors. So the proteans could like open things up and pull things out of it like wow. a toy box. Yeah. And for the opening number, we brought out staffs. Uh, uh, DJ Salisbury choreographed it for me um, at Music Circus. And we brought these giant staffs out and we planted them in the in the porches so that the audience could see S for Senex, E for Erroneous, mm. and um, uh, S for Senex, E for Erroneous, and what's the third one? Uh, Marcus Lycus. Is Marcus Lycus. Yeah. yeah um, so, and then they would have this whole sort of like jousting thing going on in the <laughs> opening number. It was really fun. But we 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 did we did forum without doors. Like it was hilarious and so when we got to the chase yeah gary beach was just such a treasure he he just would improvise and scream out things like it you know it's the plague run all the way to vacaville or something <laughs> he would be like <laughs> and then the second time i did it we just had people kind of stop and look at each other and quote uh, lyrics or lines from the other shows of the season like oh that's funny stop and go they were doing little night music that summer and i had uh like and pseudolus go sir sir and then take <laughs> off you know like so you know that show just lends itself to yeah anything zany you can think of throw mm -hmm. it in there, you know so yeah i've done forum four times wow i wish i'd seen gary beach that would have been gary a... beach yeah Oh, uh, you know, Peter was like cerebral and yeah. small. Gary was a true vaudevillian. Yeah. But has an, had an elegance about him mm. that was unmatchable. Like nobody came close. He made me laugh. So we did 
of the icing at mm. arena stage and he played wintergreen and we laughed so hard in rehearsal that <laughs> i i just thought you know it's always the curse right if you're laughing in rehearsal right then when you do it in front of the audience it's not gonna be funny yeah that was not true of gary beach anything he did mm. that made you laugh was 10 times funnier with an audience can i tell you one gary yeah, beach story please. so you know in forum when um hysterium is dressed as the woman is laying yeah. on the beer yeah and mike marcus Lycus comes i mean uh mealy mealy scoliosis comes in and says first a farewell kiss yeah and then he's gonna go kiss her right well in the round i had gary here can you see me yeah gary on one side and uh Miles here and the beer in the middle yeah and and chris carl was playing um uh, Miles and he goes but first a farewell kiss and Gary walked kissed him and then walked all the way back and <laughs> the audience on this side yeah saw him coming and then you know he planted him a big kiss and then then he went back and the audience over there lost their mind so it was like this <laughs> 360 oh. degree <laughs> laugh and it was unbelievable so five years later they invite me to come back and do the show again yeah we kind of recreated it gary wasn't available he was doing producers or something and so we asked jimmy brennan and jimmy in the scene when i was blocking it jimmy kept scooching over and i go what are you doing he goes i gotta be over there for the kiss i go uh-uh-uh-uh-uh you're going to do something and then you're going to write Gary Beach a thank you note. <laughs> and I made him do it and he did it. And he said, Marsha, he wrote me like two days later after the show had been running a couple of nights. He said, I have never in my <laughs> life had a laugh like that. And I said, well, you better thank Gary Beach. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And that was like passing on time steps, you know, yeah. that was yeah it was taking from genius and giving it over and allowing somebody to live in that mm. glorious just unabashed talent gary just was something yeah yeah well um marcia this has been amazing i'm so i'm so grateful for your time i'm glad you reached out stories. thank you yeah um i this i know people are gonna really appreciate all these <laughs> and, and you know i mean and, and it's so wonderful to talk about gary beach because you know what what a great talent and um uh yeah. not, not people don't talk about him enough so i'm very happy oh i was so lucky i met him doing that uh, of the icing we did a closer than ever together in california at mm. castina playhouse and um obviously we did this forum and then he you know he was in producers and but then he moved to palm beach gardens and i was at the malt's jupiter theater and he went up to andrew cato one day and said i want to work here mm. and so when i did hello dolly with vicky lewis mm. and gary beach mm. talk about just comedy bliss right yeah, yeah. it was it was just heavenly and gary said i'm thank you for horace vandergelder i can now play him for the next 10 years and sadly 
he didn't make it. He he died like three years after that, I think it was. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we miss him. Well, um, I will not soon forget the story of the <laughs> going, going and coming on the lap. Oh my God. Just like you, when you, <laughs> when you take the time to let the moment be yeah. what it's supposed to be, yeah, the audience will stick with you. They yeah. won't get fidgety, right? No. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I take that as a lesson every day. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and congratulations on your work with with uh, me, uh, Mamie. Oh, she's so great. Well, we had so much fun. Oh my! You know she closed Ragtime. Yes, yes. No, wait, no, I didn't know. That. I was thinking of Cats. No, I knew that she understudied um, Christiane. I didn't know that she had replaced. Yes, Christiane had booked out that weekend for concerts, and when we got our closing notice, I said, "Are you gonna stay?" And she said, "No, I'm gonna go." And so Mamie went on. Oh, I wish I'd seen her do it. I bet she's so incredible as mother. Yeah, Mamie went on and it was, she was just spectacular. Yeah. 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 So call me again when you want to talk about Forum or Merrily. Yeah, or High Society. Any of the other, um, of, or High Society. <laughs> um, well, I hope we get to meet in person soon. But uh, me too. it's great, me great too. to look at you over the Zoom. And I'll have, keep my eyes on your eyeglasses. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marsha. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye again. Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Look out for episode 43 with Daniel Henning, the witch in James Lapine's blocking exercises. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.